Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy Freaks and Geeks, what's up? We welcome you in to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. James Coe here with you, joined alongside by this cast of idiots. Accurate. Fair. <laughs> We've got the wide receiver prognosticator. We have West Virginia's finest we got. Matt Harmon, what's going on, man? Hello, James. Uh, How goes it today? Good morning. Uh, it's it's fun. This is this is uh this is interesting. We've got a different producer behind the glass. We're just in, engaged in a enthralling conversation. I have to say, of all, there's a lot of people at NFL media that I would consider uh, trolls. Yes. And I would like to think that I occasionally dip my toes in the water of of being a small bit of a troll myself. Uh, but I think one of the best is is Erica behind the glass here, real professional, professional troll. I don't yes. think that's the word I would use, <laughs> you know, myself. But, but it's a, I'll I take mean, it. it's it's said with the utmost complimentary tone. Yeah, I mean, you're just really easy to make fun of. I I I know, <laughs> the walking joke of my own life. <laughs> the whiz kid from Wisconsin, uh, fresh off of a pair of uh, television appearances with yes. Alex Gilhart. Now I'm relegated, relegated back to this show, right. soon to be the clock. Relegated? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like in the Premier League, I didn't win enough games. <laughs> Very sad. We've got Matt Franchise here as well. What's going on, man? Yep. I am uh, watched the World Series again last night, dude. I'm exhausted. So. Oh, my God. <laughs> Man, bro, mean, it was an emotional. Oh, okay. What? We're, we're, on the, we're on the West Coast. It was like perfect time to watch it. It was just. Man, everybody on the East it Coast was like, five hours so long. Tired. Oh, dude, it was probably like 2 a.m. when that ended on the East Coast. Don't, don't care. Know. They weren't even watching it on the East Coast. They don't care. The yeah, they were sleeping. The Who cares? They don't care. But it was a good game. Uh, we got producer Erica in the building as well. What's going on? Not much. How are you guys? Oh, we're good, man. We're just trying to. Uh, trying to get through Monday. Yep. <laughs> ah, could be worse. What a rousing start to the bye. Okay, we got a we got a great show in front of us here today. We're going to be uh, really breaking down the Saints offense. We will be giving you the waiver wire. Alex Gilhar writes a terrific piece every single week, and man, he has some waiver wire guys for you, all ready to rock and roll. We will talk about top performers. We'll talk about your biggest disappointments, and we will get to every damn game as well. But we start your show as we always do with your top fantasy headline. News. 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 The whistles go woo. <laughs> All right, let's start with Deshaun Watson. Man, he is an absolute just stud 
402 passing yards, four touchdowns. He did have those three picks. One of them came in desperation. But uh, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. I mean, really, he just was. <laughs> it was such a baller performance. Yeah. Man, 67 rush yards as well. Um, can I in, get the in Seattle? In Seattle. So I, I want to get the the reaction here uh, regarding Deshaun Watson. And it's funny because I feel like we talk about Deshaun uh, a lot with each and every um, you know incredible performance that he puts on. But I mean, in Seattle. Take it on the Legion of Boom. I mean, challenging Richard Sherman, challenging Earl Thomas. Did he win those battles all the time? No. But, man, he comes out and just is firing. He is absolutely fearless. Can we talk about his performance? And then, of course, we'll get to the to the Houston Texans offense in general. But, uh, Alex Gilhar, your takeaways from that game? I mean, to use, to steal Harmon slash Sigmund Bloom's turn, this was kind of like an inflection point game hey! for Watson because – Inflection point drink. We had seen his – ceiling against a bunch of bad pass defenses mm-hmm. in a row. And coming out of the bye, there was some concern, like, all right, he's a rookie, he's had some passes that could be intercepted. Can he still access his outrageously high fantasy ceiling against good defenses? And he proved he could. I mean, at this point, I in think... In a bad spot. At, at this point, you cannot sit him. You just, I don't think you can. just can't. He's, he's, too, he's too electric right now, and his ceiling is too high. Like, you just have to play him every week. Man, Armin, I, I know you were a little bit, uh, a little bit more... Cautious, I think, yeah. with Deshaun Watson. Yesterday, uh, yes. Yeah, yesterday. So um, I, I know uh, we had been, you know, every time you go on Twitter, it's like, uh, you know, people hit you up with Twitter questions. Like, Should I play Alex Smith or Deshaun Watson? Should I play this yeah. guy or Deshaun Watson? Should yeah. I play this guy or Deshaun Watson? Um, and it seems like there's a lot of Deshaun Watson questions out there. And I think you were a little bit more cautious about his upside. 100% because even though – to what he had done to this point was really awesome. I still thought that, you know, this is a rookie quarterback going into Seattle. But I think I misjudged the situation in two ways. One, this is not a normal rookie quarterback. Uh, this is something different that we're not used to seeing. I mean, I tweeted yesterday that I wish I wish Deshaun Watson was my quarterback. Right. Exactly. <laughs> I'm annoyed that he's not. Uh, I also was saying to people privately, like, yeah. I wish there was 32 uh, Russell Wilsons, uh, Deshaun Watson's and Dak Prescott's. I didn't want to tweet this because I didn't want people coming at me. Like, Carson Wentz or whatever. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. you know. But I want those guys to be spread throughout the league. Everybody should have one of them because they're just so much fun to watch. But this is not a normal rookie quarterback. And the second way that I misjudged this, I think, it's not this. It's not like the same Seahawks defense of old. You know, true. They they can get beaten in in a number of different ways. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, really. It's just not a t- team that, like, w- with a player playing with the momentum that he has right now, that we should be afraid that they're just going to completely stop it. Uh, I think also missing Cliff Avery probably had a big impact oh, yeah. on that defensive line and just getting after a guy like Deshaun Watson. But let's talk about the wide receivers, Matt uh, Franciscovich. I mean, again, we were just marveling <laughs> at the fact that he was just firing balls to Nuke, but especially Will Fuller as yeah. well. Just, yeah. I mean, just keeps catching touchdowns. Every catch is a touchdown with Will Fuller. <laughs> and, and Watson's performance produced it's crazy. two of the top three fantasy wide receivers of the week Isn't in Hopkins crazy? and Fuller. Uh, it was incredible. And incredible. A lot of we're get. I'm seeing a lot of tweets now. People who are like, "Oh, I drafted D Hop in the third round, and I picked uh, Watson up on waiver wires. Then I'm seven and one in my league." Like his Watson is producing an offense that's single handedly winning people their seasons in fantasy. Isn't it's that, insane. It's great to see, man. It's absolutely great to see. And, and you guys have used that, you know, phrase. Uh, you know, a uh, what is it? A a, a a rising tide. Yeah, he's rising. Yeah. Uh, he's rising all the tides in this offense. Yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool to see, man. And uh, Mil- Lamar Miller had two touchdowns too. 
Right. Well, so there you go. I mean, there's another guy, and it's funny too because last year we're talking about a lot of the same, you know, characters there in Houston. Yeah. And none of them could get anything. Going. I know like it was terrible. Is the most important position on the field. <laughs> I said, I, I think I said at one point yesterday to Harmon, right. it's hard to remember, like, imagine what the Texans' offense yes. was at this point last season. They were, they it was were, difficult they were rock, to watch. They were rocking out, man. And now it's one of the most fun teams in the league to watch. By the way, like, and James, so fun, yeah. you kind of busted my chops on the show, too, when I was like, Lamar Miller's been, like, cooking a little bit. I You're know. Like, he's, like, cooking. I was like, has I mean, he? He's had, a bu- he's had a handful of touchdowns, and even yeah. in the games he didn't, he was averaging, like, 90-ish total yards, which yeah. – if you're gonna get nine, you know, nine and a half points on like an off day from a running back, I'll take that. That's good. Every without a touchdown, yeah. You know what I realized? It was it's the fact that his. I mean, he's been doing well, but I mean, it's just the fact that in this particular offense, he's an afterthought. Even though in yeah. fantasy he's doing well, but just when you're watching these games, I'm like, it, it, Lamar Miller's on this team somewhere. Right, <laughs> right. He's just getting lost in the shuffle. You know Even what I mean? the defense, like, oh hell, that's right, they've got a running back. All yeah. of a sudden, <laughs> he shoots through for like 10, 12 yards. Right, uh, exactly. Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus tweeted this morning just to show the difference between the two quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson has more deep passing yards in the last four games, 406, than okay. Brock Osweiler had all of last season, with oh, 379. Man. Wow. Those Jesus. comparisons are just going to go on all year and they're just going to be insane yeah well whatever <laughs> it's deserved should we talk yeah, about yeah, will fuller yeah. too Can we? Uh, because Can that's we? an interesting dude yeah his efficiency dropped way <laughs> way down i'm really i'm really disappointed in him so so he, he, here's the thing with will fuller now at this point i mean he has what they seven touchdowns seven, 13, 13 catches which is outrageous and oh, every yeah. fan and every fantasy analyst is you know strolling down the time like well he's going to regress eventually and yeah you know that is accurate he's not going to catch 30 touchdowns on 50-some targets or whatever the rate would be. that. But it's not – to me, it's like that's not revelatory analysis. The, 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 the deal with Will Fuller now is like basically you can never not play this guy because you could be sitting – and again, this was this was a, a solid matchup. Going forward, I mean, they've got a they've got a pretty juicy schedule. I mean, they play the Colts next week. Uh, like he might, he might drop a two for 25 performance in your lineup one day, but I feel like you just have to – I don't think he ever it's, will. It's worth – I, I think it's at some point that's gonna happen. Just because of the volume that he's getting, at some point he's gonna re- he's going to regress. It's just inevitable. Again, unless you expect him to score thirty touchdowns this year, James, which I don't think I do. <laughs> it's, uh... it, it's it's just a situation where you can't leave that uh, on your bench. You can plan around that potential volatility with other players in your lineup, pick more secure guys. But to me, you have to make sure you find a way to, to expose yourself to that weekly ceiling every every game. He's, he's got, like, the weekly ceiling of D-Jax circa, like, 2010, but with a better quarterback, and right. uh, and he's hitting way more often right now. You know, I, I think Mike Clay, and, and obviously we respect the crap out of Mike Clay, but, you know, he made drew a comparison between Will Fuller um, and what Marvin Jones did uh, as well in, in terms of, okay, you, you've what, seen is, the ceiling. Oh, 10 touchdown yeah, you've seen the, Yeah, or? you've seen the ceiling. You know, this is a guy that can, you know, obviously produce touchdowns when given the opportunity, but there will be times when he absolutely craters. I, I just I, – I get the comparison, but it's different because he's got a different quarterback. Yeah. That's just my thought. That's fair. Uh, but, again, looking at the schedule just for the rest of the year, 
They get the Colts next week, then the Rams, the Cardinals, the Ravens, the Titans, the 49ers. The only spot that this whole offense runs into where I might be like, ooh, what do we do, is in Jacksonville on December 17th. Uh, I believe that is week 15. Oh, my then God. Then they get the Steelers and Colts to close out the year. That, would be, that is going to be so – that's just going to be an epic matchup, man. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. Strength, yeah. I mean, from a, just a real-life fantasy and perspective. Also, I'll, I'll be stressing from, from that, fantasy. Yeah. That game could have playoff implications as, as crazy right. as you think about it. Yeah, no. a December game in Jacksonville. Jacksonville for the division lead, maybe? Better, better run us uh, an inland beach house. Let's go. That game. Uh, well, a couple miles from the beach. Yeah. <laughs> we, <laughs> we should move on. Let's talk about New England a little bit here. Um, again, it's a defense. I, I just, I'll throw this question out to you guys, all right? Has the New England defense found something? Because the first six weeks of the season, just trash. I mean, we're talking about a defense that was just getting shredded. I'd like to go first. Go ahead. <laughs> I don't I don't believe it right now. Okay. They've had if you look at the last couple games that have helped swing their like yardage and points against totals and stuff. You go to the Jets game, they had that messed up ASJ touchdown called back. Took points off the board and also like took plays for the Jets off the table cuz sure. like even if like cuz it was the, it was a touchback. It was the dumbest rule mm. in football. Yeah, just- so then New England took over and just did their clock controlling thing. The Falcons game, get Sark out of here, plus the fog. Like, true, the wipe, wipe that game off off, okay. the, off the thing. Fair enough. Then this game, Travis Against Benjamin returns a punt negative 11 yards for a safety. Yeah. Like, that that takes a whole – that gives the Patriots points, puts the ball back in their hands, takes a whole possession out of uh, the Rivers Chargers' hands. And that was, it was – so that what happened then is that was a case where I was listening to the ATN pod on the way to work this morning. Yeah. The Patriots ran, like, 55 plays to – 14 or 19 for the Chargers in the first half because of like a dumb fluky thing like that. They're they're what they're having to do is they're having to uh, go like Cowboys last year and do super 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 clock control to cover their defense. Their defense has not been fixed in my eyes by any stretch but, of the imagination. But isn't it from a, at least from a fantasy perspective? Does it? I guess does it matter? I, I was going to say that it might not matter because this is the next again to come back to schedule. They play in Denver next week like that's an offense that's trying to find itself okay the Raiders offense is overrated okay uh, the Dolphins are a bad offense the, they're in Buffalo that that's actually that should be a good game. that should be a good one yeah. Ty, Tyrod has that, for that game. has that offense cooking yeah then they play the Dolphins again <laughs> <laughs> and then the Steelers are Bills so I mean it might not matter because none of the I mean the only team I think that's uh, even above average offense on that slate right now is the Raiders barely and uh, the Bills but like it's a case where uh, and the with, with the Broncos pass catches it wouldn't be a situation where all of a sudden we should fear starting Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders well, sure. in that right. spot. Right. I mean, even these bad offenses, they have fantasy assets that people will be concerned about, certainly. Um, and up until this point, New England was a defense where you you were licking your chops. You were like, oh, my God, oh, my goodness, yes, please, let me have assets in this uh, New England defense or uh, against this New England defense, right? right? But I'm just – I'm, I guess what I'm saying is should we shift our paradigm here um, and view this defense as as actually not that kind of defense moving forward, just given the fact that uh, two weeks in a row now, they've had pretty good performances. And, and however they're doing it, whether they're doing it through clock control or whatever it might be, they're limiting some, the opportunity. Some dumb luck. <laughs> some, yeah, safe, or some, some safety some, punt returns. Yeah, I mean, that's just the, the overall question I have. I don't know if it's true. Uh, I don't think that they've improved from a real-life standpoint, but from a fantasy perspective, I'm just wondering, can the offense do enough to limit 
I guess in terms of clock control, limit the other offense if that makes any sense. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe they, these games with New Orleans, uh, New England are just not like everybody in the pool sort of games. That's right. You get yeah. your guys in there, but probably you're not going down to like, well, do I start like a Benny Fowler against them next <laughs> week or something like that? I mean, it, it, because again, three weeks ago we were. Yeah, I, everyone was like, oh, my God, you got to pick on these uh, New England Patriots defenders. But, you know, I don't know if that's the case moving forward. But I'll be interested to see, to your point, Alex Gilhar, if it was just more fluky performances, uh, maybe the whole Sark effect, which was really bad for, for Atlanta uh, versus it just real. really bad still. <laughs> is really bad. Remains poor. Uh, remains below average. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk about New Orleans. And I'm excited about this topic because I'm just – I'm curious as to see what you guys think about New Orleans, the Saints' offense from a fundamental standpoint. Right now, they're running 43% of their plays as run plays. Uh, That's a very run-heavy approach given, A, the Saints, and just B, the NFL in general. 57% of their plays are passes. In 2016, just for comparison, again, 43% this year are runs. Last year, it was 36%. That were runs in in the eyeball test also kind of I think confirms this fr- Matt franchise. But what are your thoughts on, on the Saints? And the reason I bring it up is because from a fantasy perspective, boy, we get really excited about the volume for Michael Thomas, the volume for a guy like uh, even ancillary pieces like a Willie Sneed, the upside for a Willie Sneed, Drew Brees as a fantasy quarterback. Right. Maybe the volume isn't there now. I think one of the biggest things is the improvements on the defense have made them not have to be so aggressive on the other side of the ball because they were just one of the worst offenses in the league for the last two years. Like worst and Historically bad, right? Historically bad defense. Yes, correct. So they were always trying to play catch up with the teams that they were facing and Drew Brees was throwing the ball 45 times a game and he was you know 600 times a year and that created volume for the rest of the pass catchers even though he would spread it around you know you'd still have your your big games out of your wide receivers and Michael Thomas hasn't been that guy this year and they're giving the ball to Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram more like you said like they're more run heavy and these guys are getting it done. Uh, so I, I'm going to double down on your run play percentage stat here. Over the last three weeks, they've been a 49% uh, a passing play percentage team. That's fifth from the bottom wow. in that time span. The only teams that have a lower pass play percentage than them during the last three weeks, Jacksonville, Pittsburgh, <laughs> Dallas, <laughs> wow. and Chicago. That's, a, that's amazing. That's unbelievable for, for a New Orleans team, like you mentioned. And I think it has been a, a fundamental shift because their, their offensive line is all year has been has been really good. We talked about that next gen stats run blocking stat last week. They've been top five in that category pretty much throughout the entire season. Uh, removing Adrian Peterson has given the run game more rhythm. Yeah, uh, and, and not to mention, I mean, they're they're winning games. You always you don't you don't run to win in the NFL. You win to run, and that's what the Saints are doing right now. And their defense is better, as franchise said. So I think this is a fundamental shift, and we have to adjust expectations accordingly. Not only does Michael Thomas maybe we have not seen like a real true ceiling game from him um i think it will take a or maybe out. we have well i mean if like what you would have expected you've yeah not you've not seen that sort of spike week and it might take like a true shootout for that to happen but that's, that's not really just not what the 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 saints are, drew Brees are is, this year drew Brees is on pay on hashtag on pace yeah. 566 pass attempts that would be his lowest total in a in a season where he played all 16 games there were a couple where he rested since like 2007 yeah wow. it's crazy yeah. they're just Different. more balanced overall and you can start both of these running backs well, every week their their quarterbacks all pushing 40 and this is what a lot of teams want to do it's and, also I mean, fair, yeah. it, it made sense when they i mean like 
the signing of Adrian Peterson didn't make sense, but it was clear an indication that, like, we want to run the ball more and protect Drew Brees. Then by getting Adrian Peterson out, they were able to accomplish that even better. But, yeah, I mean, it's just – this is a case where we just can't tar- – you also can't go to those other wide receivers. It's like Michael Thomas, maybe Ted Ginn or – get out in the passing game what do you do with Michael Thomas I think he's still got a lot of name value out there I think a lot of folks are thinking you know anticipating maybe some kind of second half turnaround um I don't know when I when I kind of look at what the Saints are getting done offensively right now and you look at look at that run and uh pass percentages I guess I'm just not that hopeful that Michael Thomas will see a big turnaround the problem is like he's so safe and he hasn't really been disappointing. I mean, he has had eight or more targets in every single game this year. The only time he hasn't was that weird game against the Lions where yeah. they – his 11 – three-catch yeah. 11-yard – Right, where they the were – the defense scored a bunch of – Exactly, where they the offense barely possessed the ball because yeah. the defense was scoring and, and et cetera, et cetera. It was like, yeah, he, you're right, he's not a big ceiling player, but he's just such a safe, secure asset that it's yeah. like what – you know what do you I mean you, his really last his last 6 games have been 89 87 and a touch 89 and a touch 82 77 okay. like that's that's very very consistent and if he can get into the end zone as the number one wide receiver like you're you're in good shape yeah. i i'm i'm not panicking on him i'm not trying to ship ship him off or anything like that that's much more consistent wide receiver play than we're getting from a lot of guys across the league, especially in a standard format. Very good point. I, I've seen a lot of trade offers, too, because I have Alvin Kamara in a lot of different spots. Seeing a lot of trade offers come in for Alvin Kamara. If you were going to sell Alvin Kamara, are you treating him as a as an RB2, as an RB, you know, a low end, low, you know, maybe top 15 uh, running back moving forward in PPR? How are you valuing Alvin Kamara? And is this an asset that you would even consider giving up? Nah, I don't know. I'm not he's trading like, him away. He's like a, a high-end flex, low-end RB2 for me because Mark Ingram is the workhorse there, and Kamara's They're, great, and he's getting pl- enough work to be a weekly starter. But Man, like, those two fumbles, though, I'm like, oh, hmm, yeah, interesting. But they're also like the snap count has been close to 50-50 the last couple weeks since Adrian Peterson's been gone, but Mark Ingram has still been the bell cow. He's still getting a ton of volume, and Kamara's produced like, you know, high-end flex numbers. I, I mean, he's the running back 17 in PPR right now. The last three weeks in standard leagues, he has 8.7, 10.7, 13.6 points. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. that's that's fine. That's, yeah, so you're, you're not high, that. High-end flex, yeah. low-end RB2. I'm just not, I don't want to get crazy about it yet. Right. I don't know, man. I, I, I'm feel, I feel very optimistic about Alvin Kamara. I mean, especially, again, because, you know, I hate to highlight the, 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 the Mark Ingram two fumbles, but um, do do you hate it though? Probably not. Yeah, I didn't think. So. Sean- <laughs> yeah, wait a minute. Of course, no wonder James pounding this so hard. He, he had to find oh, an opportunity God. to pile on Mark Ingram. Wow, your true colors are showing again. <laughs> Dang it, Cole! The hatred for Mark Ingram can can't, just never go is, away. Can't believe, Four years now, I've can't been believe dealing you with guys this. got in. You, we were all on James's deathbed. He's gonna be like Mark Ingram sucks. Unbelievable. His daughter's gonna be like, Dad, what are your last words? <laughs> Mark Ingram. <laughs> She's like, that's it? That's all you have for me? Unbelievable. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll just go on record and say I think Alvin Kamara could be the best back by the end of the year in the Saints' backfield. Least right. Wow, shocking, really? Least shocking <laughs> prediction ever. Wow. Dude, let's, no way. Let's, don't, don't, he, he's entrapping you, franchise. Oh, my gosh. Get out of here, James. Ian Rappaport says, Sam Bradford not close to returning. And, quote, the expectation now is Teddy Bridgewater is healthy enough oh my God. to return to the team and on the field after the bye week. He continues by saying, if that happens, expect him, we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater, to be activated off the pup list and then compete for the starting 
job. <laughs> I mean, all right. I don't I, know how much there is to say there, but if there, Petty, there's if really not that much. Teddy Bridgewater c- comes back. I don't know how to feel about guys like Stephon Diggs and Adam Thielen. We haven't seen Teddy Bridgewater play in and, and over not a only, year. Not only that, but also Teddy Bridgewater. Remember when he when he was playing, he did not go deep very right. often. Right. You know what I mean? He was not known as a a very good downfield thrower, even going back to his college days. So. Um, the thing yeah. is, he was right before he got injured. That offense was shifting; it was hitting its next stride. There were all, there were articles like Stefan Diggs is you were using him deep more. We were seeing flashes of it in the preseason. Like that offense looked like it was ready to go. Teddy was showing touch. He had great deep passes, and then busted. He went down. Yeah. I, I think yeah. he I think he's a much better quarterback than Case Keenum. Case Keenum's been oh, a great. Yeah. He's been a great backup. Yeah. I think it'd be, yeah. I think if Teddy comes back and is full is healthy enough to play and looks close to the Teddy that we saw right before his injury. This is good news for Diggs and Thielen. Well, it, look, and it just – it sounds like they want him to be that guy. I mean, Rapshi yep. said that they still view him as their franchise quarterback. Zimmer said after the game, I quote, I hope I have a decision to make. Case has done an unbelievable job. We'll figure it out as we go. Okay. There you go. But, yeah, I mean, like Case Case Keenum has been has been fine, but his, la- his last six games, two touchdowns, one pick, oh, zero touchdowns, one pick, one and one, one touchdown, no picks, zero touchdowns, zero picks. Like, he's been meh. He's, like, been, he's been the Jarek McKinnon he's, show, really. He's keeping the offense afloat. keeping the offense afloat. But, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, it's he hasn't been, like, unlocking the potential that we saw with this passing offense in Sam Bradford's game in week one yeah, or, that, or that fluky, Tampa Bay fluky game. game, the Tampa Bay game, but everybody's getting over on Tampa Bay. Yeah, so. Indeed, except Carolina for some reason. Um, <laughs> I know the reason. <laughs> Chicago t- <laughs> Chicago tight end Zach Miller. It's because Mark Ingram fumbled, wasn't it? Yeah. What? <laughs> exactly what I was thinking. Chicago tight end Zach Miller suffered a gruesome-looking injury, uh, dislocated knee. I-, I guess it tore an artery in there. They're, they're right now they are uh, working to save the leg, which is a total bummer, but yeah. um, just wanted to get that news out there. And, and obviously – um, we wish Zach Miller the absolute best. How was that not a touchdown? Just, I mean, come on. Well, because it was America's favorite game show. What is a catch? It's terrible. So my stupid. Least, it's my least favorite game so show. So stupid. No, it's Just the worst. For, for the record. That's, I'm being completely facetious <laughs> yes. every time I say that. <sighs> All right, let's hit the waiver wire, shall we? NFL.com slash waiver wire. It's the Alex Gelhar piece. Give me, uh, run through well, a few names here. No me. surprise, Alex Collins tops the waiver wire. We've talked about him a bunch because he has looked far and away the better runner in that backfield, but he was playing like 18% of the snaps. Yeah. He would like come in for, he would come in for like 15 plays, carry the ball on 11 of those plays and then get yanked for Javorius Allen for like the rest of the game. But they were they fine. can't do that moving forward. No, right? there's no way. No. He, he he was averaging like six yards a carry or something crazy coming into this game, and then he delivered a masterful performance again. Buck Allen fumbled at the goal line. Like this has to be Alex Collins' backfield going be. forward. It has and to be. And he had been he's been like picked up and dropped a ton because people are like yeah. oh like yeah. this is this is gonna be his week. He's gonna take over much into the Joe Mixon weeks. Right, Never right. happened. Now he should be taking over. Uh, you got to go out and add him. He's one. Of, he might be the last like game-changing waiver wire ad we get this year because we're, we're we're reaching the point where there aren't going to be more of those guys emerging. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like nor are they're going to have time for them to be game-changing ads. So like if you have a high priority on the waiver wire or a bunch of fob to burn, yeah, go get them. Spend it. All right. Uh, Jamal Charles hasn't played yet as okay. of the taping, but that's right, that's right. there was rumors that he could get more carries, and uh, I think he's a sneaky ad this week. Okay. Uh, it even if he doesn't get a bunch of carries this week in his revenge game, like. That backfield needs a spark, and yeah. they've got a potential Hall of Famer there who could, who has yet to see double-digit touches in a game. Like, give him the ball, man. 
Uh, a couple other guys. Sterling Shepard. Don't forget to look for him on the waiver wire. I love that because he was uh, about he was to, dropped a lot. He was yeah. about to come back before the bye. Yeah, had a minor setback. Now he's fully healed up. He says he's good to go. And we were talking about this in the stronghold yesterday. Like if he doesn't come back and see like 10, 12 targets a game, it's it's an upset. Because <laughs> James, here's a, here's a stat for you. In, in the two games since yeah. the uh, the rapture hit the Giants receiving core <laughs> in week five. So okay. so across two across two weeks, 120 minutes of football. Yeah. The Giants wide receivers have combined combined seven catches for 67 oh, yards. Holy God. Two NFL games, three wide receivers have combined for seven catches for 67 oh, yards. Well, because Evan Ingram. Well, and, and the, it's just, I mean, it's, it's guys. Well, that, it's Roger Lewis. It's well, yeah, Harris, Harris King, not doing anything. I mean, yeah. But I mean, oh, Evan Ingram's getting all the volume. It's guys man. that were like called up from the practice squad and stuff. But, right. I mean, out of necessity, but Sterling yeah. Shepard's going to come into a huge workload, right? Should, and yeah. then uh, right. I'm only a, I'm only a minor biblical expert, but uh, <laughs> I believe minor. I believe the I do actually have a minor in religious studies. Do you? I do. Yeah. Oh my That's, goodness! We'll you save it. You we'll, would. We'll, we'll save it for the religion. We'll save pod. it for the religion pod. But anyways, uh, I, I think the rapture is supposed to be a positive experience. Uh, and I don't know if losing your top four receivers in one game counts. As well, it was po- they, <laughs> and, and they, yeah, they. I mean, they, I don't know where they went. We're getting lost in the minutia here. <laughs> Let me hit one more player. Semantics. <laughs> Let me hit two two players quick, then we can move on. Uh, rather quietly, Robbie Anderson came into Week Eight leading the Jets in targets and receiving yards, and uh, he had a nice hundred uh, yard and a touchdown game against. Uh, the Falcons on my bench in the Fantasy Live League. Oh. Whoops. Uh, and he's had 59 By yards. the way, can we talk about how many buzzsaws you're going to run into in that league? I mean, you ran into my team this week that got a 30 spot from Jack Doyle and a 30-some-odd spot from <coughs> Juju Smith. And, uh, and Isaiah Crowell. Oh, Isaiah Crowell has done Crowell. nothing all year, and then when he plays my team in the Fantasy Live League, he goes off. How many buzzsaws are you going to run into first my team? You wow! Ran into this week, okay. Yeah. I see what you did there, yeah, Cole. I know that's right. Yeah, my team's a buzzsaw. Well, no, no like it's, we, really, it's really. I not. see what you did there. My team is trash. No, because I am depending on thirty spots from Juju Smith-Schuster yeah, and Jack. Right. Well, we call the shot. We'll talk <laughs> about well, franchise. We were doing our segment, and James is like, "Yeah, you should mash me. Look at how good your team is." Right, Monta Freeman, yeah, Doug Baldwin, and Jimmy Graham, Studs. And, and he's like, "I'm starting Juju over here." <laughs> Crowell, I say it, Crowell. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, I was, it's sad. It's insane. But anyway, so Robbie All Anderson right. has had 59-plus yeah. yards and or a touchdown in five of his last six games. All right, very He's good. kind of a sneaky starter. I mean, it's a tough matchup this week because they got the Bills. But the Bills have allowed three consecutive 300-yard passers. So Robbie Anderson could be in the mix. And then uh, a couple streaming options this week, tight end and quarterback. Okay. Let's go to let's go to Harmon's uh, Los Angeles Rams. Ooh. My Rams. Okay. Yes. So uh, we've talked about this. The Giants were a defense we feared coming in, but they've now let uh, the le- three of the last four quarterbacks to face them have gone for 250 plus yards and three touchdowns. Three of four quarterbacks, the last four quarterbacks to face the Giants have tossed three scores. Wow. And uh, as for uh, the the Giants and Tyler Higby, he's leading the Rams in playing time at tight end with 75 percent and targets. He's at 27. And week eight was the first week this season where the Giants didn't allow a touchdown to a tight end because they were on their bye. <laughs> Literally every other week. This I see year, what you did there. They have allowed a touchdown or multiple touchdowns. <clears throat> I was just about to say at least one. At I least heard one. I heard at a tight one. end broke into their facility <laughs> and, and scored uh, a touchdown. stole a ball <laughs> and ran at, onto the at, end zone of the practice <laughs> field. And, but, yeah, the whole thing, uh, NFL.com slash waiver wire. Can I add one things. more? Yeah, and sure. I think this is uh, this is more of a, a deep, um, you know, kind of a sneakier play. How about Greg Olson? 
he's getting closer and closer to coming back. And if you have the space, do we know his timetable yet? I don't know. I guess the the anticipation was that he would start practicing relatively soon here. I, I and I say relatively. I mean, it could be two weeks. Um, so I don't know. But um, I wonder how much he was even his really pup dropped. Uh, well, I was going to say a his lot. oh a lot. But his because when's he off the pup? He's off the pup next week. At least no he, idea. He's at least eligible to come off the pup next week. So I'm just saying, at least check on his status, see what's going on there. Could be a nice stash if you're on a play, going on a playoff run or Let's something. Let's say you're six and one right now. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? And yeah. you just and you need a little tight end. Well, first of all, everybody needs tight end play, but uh, yeah, yeah, dude. It, it, oh. He's <laughs> not he's not eligible gross. to return to game action until week twelve. Yeah, they week twelve. They have a week yeah. eleven by. Oh, okay. Um, he's only fifty five point seven percent owned, and you know for that meaningless. For right our, yeah, there. for Whatever our, um, Whatever that means. Real, real quick though, I guess. Well, we're on the topic of injury guys to pick yes. up. Corey Davis this week could finally be returning uh, for the first time since week two from his hamstring injury. And the nice. offense desperately needs They definitely needed. And spark. what's crazy is he went back and looked that week one game, he saw 10 targets. It was like 25% of Mariota's targets. 69 which, receiving yards. Yeah, with nice. very nice. Performance. Very nice. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, certainly somebody needs to usurp he who must not be named in that uh, passing attack. Eric, Eric Decker. Decker. Yeah, uh, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to talk about that. We named him. We don't need to talk about that, man. I named him. All right, great. Uh, let's talk about your top performers for week eight at the quarterback position. Russell Wilson, 452 passing, four touchdowns, one interception, 30 yards rushing as well. We talked about Deshaun Watson, amazing performance. Andy Dalton sneaking into the top five. 243 through the air versus the Colts, uh, threw in two touchdowns as well. It was kind of a weird week for quarterbacks yeah. because if you had Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, cool. Mm-hmm. If not, it was there were eight quarterbacks within three points of each other, uh, anywhere between 15.75 points and 18.75 points. So there was a lot of very close quarterback uh, scoring throughout the league this week. At the wide receiver position, New Hopkins. I mean, what can you say, man? Career day. My word. Eight targets. Excuse me, ten targets, eight receptions, 224. 224 yards receiving and touchdown as well. I mean, that 70-yard one that he just absolutely ripped up the the Seattle Seahawks and took it to the house. Yeah. By the way, wow! I, I love that they're finally using him on like wide receiver screens because he was good at those at Clemson, but then he came to the offense and they're like, nah, we'll throw that out of the playbook. But now that they got their younger yeah. quarterback, they're like, oh, let's get this little Clemson connection going again. We'll do the yeah. same wide receiver screens, and he's doing really well on them. You I, can, think, I really like the, the versatility of the routes that they got him running too. I you, mean, shallow crosses, deep crosses. You could see like the satisfaction on his face too. Like he's finally, like after struggling through last year, like he's like, yeah. Also, to have a quarterback. He's played with like 18 quarterbacks <laughs> right, for the last right. three years. So for him to have this situation now, oh my his, God. his face after that long catch and run was great though because he just took his helmet off and was just like, mm-hmm. that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's he was right. Just in his glory. I'm a total badass. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. What's up? And it was just like, it was, it was satisfaction <laughs> that he was able to produce and that he had somebody that could help him produce. It was just like, I know. just so oh, much was great. in his face there. Yeah. It was so oh great. my God, it was so awesome. Will Fuller. Eight targets, five receptions, 125, and two touchdowns. Robbie Ugh. Anderson, as you mentioned. Six for six, 104, and a touchdown. Adam Thielen. Finally not, in the end zone. Finally, finally in the end zone. Not efficient, five of ten, but 98 yards and a touchdown for him. Can we talk about Paul Richardson? Yeah, though? I was going to say, let's let's talk about Paul Richardson. I mean, Rich. one of Rich. Yes. <laughs> sounds almost Pritch. like it should be bleeped. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. 
P. Rich. We'll just go with P. Rich. Yeah, I think that's No, I think we're going to go with Rich. Pritchard? Yeah, Pritch is, Pritchardson? is the preferred nomenclature here. Uh, <laughs> 105. 105 receiving. Two touchdowns for, for Pritch. But, uh, uh, Matt Harvey, I, I mean, it's kind of weird. He's kind of developed into this, like, I don't want to say go-to receiver, but certainly one that's re- relied on in this passing attack. Well, I tweeted yesterday that, like, I feel like every one of Paul Richardson's catches are like an eight and a half out of ten on the degree of difficulty scale. Like <laughs> They're makes make some spectacular yeah, catches. Always man. spectacular, contested catches, leaping in the air, guys draped they, all over. Dating him. back to last year too. Yeah. Like oh yeah. Late season playoff run. Remember yeah. he had the one yeah. touchdown catch against the Lions. But you know, and if you talk to people like you know like Matt Waldman that really liked him coming out of college, that was what they really liked about him was that even in, despite the fact he's like a, a kind of a thin receiver, very thin. He, he's like he's very <laughs> he's tough. So slight in contested situations he's obviously and which is great to see because he's a guy who's ripped up his ACL a number of times and yeah probably doesn't have that same speed he did back in Colorado as a college prospect but he looks really good Tyler Lockett looks good too this whole passing offense is kind of coming together um and the Seahawks upcoming schedule they get Washington in Seattle then they go to Arizona then they play Atlanta at home uh then they get the 49ers the Eagles before running into the Jaguars like all of those games yeah. I will be considering starting these you know number these kind of secondary and I mean, maybe they're not even secondary receivers there anymore in Lockett uh, and Richardson in this Seattle offense that's absolutely cooking right now and I mean when Russell Wilson's thrown for 452 yards and four touchdowns and right. running backs combined for five rushing yards in a game yeah it's kind of crazy uh, so the wide receivers gonna Lockett had six for 121 as right well. yeah, yeah he, was, he was ripping through them and Lockett too like I noted this in targets and touches like he is he's running more routes from the slot this year at about just over 50%. He's okay. splitting time, and especially because they're spreading the field so much. It's like Franchise said, they, they cannot run the ball yeah. at all. Uh, he what was Baldwin. the crazy stat from yesterday? What was their rushing total? Oh, the running backs combined for five rushing yards on 12 carries. Amazing. Yeah, I, I was saying. Russell that, Wilson had 30. Th- there are some teams in the NFL right, right now them the Bengals like that just can't run the ball at all and like honestly she just shouldn't even bother trying like just go up tempo throw it to your running backs yeah the the, the only guy the Seahawks have that could do that is really CJ Pro doesn't really injured and uh, JD McKissick and I mean obviously the Bengals have Joe Mixon but that just don't even bother on the ball yeah real quick just if you missed bother. it McKissick four for six Lacey six for zero was the second best running back on the team because <laughs> Thomas Rawls went six for negative one <laughs> it's like Thomas the, Rawls has been these, an, a nightmare. But the they, last they have no chance, what? though. As soon as they're getting the ball, defenders are on them. Oh, yeah. There's no oh, – yeah. they, oh, they have no chance oh, to yeah. even look oh, or yeah. make a cut there or There were anything. a few times where I thought Texans defenders had a better chance of taking the handoff than Seahawks. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gross. It's, so, it's terrible. Let me also talk about Alshon Jeffrey. So 62 yards and a touchdown. Um, and, 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 I, and I think a lot of folks might say, okay, I wonder if Alshon is back. Mm. I wonder if Alshon – if this is the Alshon that we're going to get, 62 yards and a touchdown uh, for Alshon Jeffrey. But then I, when you kind of take a, a little bit of a deeper look and when you watch that game, it didn't really feel like he was back, did Two it? catches. Two catches. The great oh. touchdown where he mossed the guy. Oh, my God. And yeah. rumbled into the end zone. That was beautiful. But um, two, tar- or two receptions on eight targets. Yeah. Not great efficiency. So um, I guess I'd like to know uh, what you guys thought about Alshon's performance. To answer your question, yes, I think this is the Alshon you're going to get all year because he's going to be an up-and-down producer that needs to produce a big player to return fantasy value because – 
He's getting, you know, pretty decent raw target numbers, but definitely not at the level of like he's, a funnel receiver. Yeah, he's just real quick to put some nu- some numbers to those. He's second on the team with 62. He's got a 23.5% market share, but oh, that's pretty good. He only has caught 28 of his 62 targets. Yeah. 45% catch rate. Oh, yeah, but because oh, that's he, horrific. Because he's low, getting a bunch of percentage ver- deep t- deep that's targets, horrific. low percentage targets, like. He's getting those deep down the sideline looks where Zach Ertz is obviously running up and down the middle. Nelson yeah. Aguilar's running out of the slot. Like those are the guys that get the high percentage looks. Alshon deep down the field. Like he's kind of like a like almost like a Marta- vintage Martavis Bryant without mm. the same ceiling sort okay. of uh, player because he's just going to be super volatile. So yeah, absolutely, he has the potential to go two for sixty-two in a touch or even four for seventy-one as he did against the Panthers on Thursday night. But he can easily drop a three for thirty-one as he has a, a two for thirty-seven in your lineup too. That's this is the guy that you're dealing with the rest of the year. All right, at the running back position, top performers here: Shady McCoy, twenty-seven carries, one hundred fifty-one yards on the ground, a touchdown, twenty-two receiving yards as well. So, uh, one seventy-three total for Shady McCoy and he a back. touchdown. Yeah, dude, he's he looked good. He is elite. Uh, <laughs> Jarek McKinnon, 14 carries for 50, had a touchdown as well as six receptions for 72 yards as well as a random two-point conversion. It all adds up to like 25 or 26 PPR points, but uh, he was very, very good for you in PPR. Melvin Gordon, 14 carries, 132 on the ground. That touchdown run, holy hell. Yeah. I mean, okay. Just get get after it, Melvin Gordon. How about Zeke Elliott, 33 carries for him. A buck forty-nine on the ground, two touchdowns for Zeke Elliott. He is legit. I mean, the yeah. Washington. Here's the thing: the Washington defense is is actually pretty good. They're good run defense. You know what's interesting is uh, Zeke. Like, you remember at the beginning of the season there were some like chubby Zeke photos yeah. surfacing, like because he always has yeah. his shirt rolled sure, up sure. and like it was a little heavier. And I saw, I think I read about it or heard it on a podcast where like. Zeke had even admitted he came into his rookie season a little out of shape, and I think he came into this one a little out of shape. But now with seven, eight weeks of game action and conditioning, he's cut back down and into, like, dominant Zeke mode. But we'll find out this week uh, how how many more games he's going to be playing. Yeah, if this was the last we see of Zeke Elliott for six games, he left – Two two pretty good uh, two pretty good performances uh, on the field. It is worth noting Washington. What's that ruling coming down? I don't today, know. Today I think is when this is court's today? supposed to say. Oh boy! I news. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. All right. He's averaged 137 ru- 137 rush yards over the last three games with five touchdowns in that span. That's pretty good. Yeah, that's uh, five total touchdowns. Is that elite? Yes, it is elite. Some would say insane. <laughs> he's just he's just insane. Is he a cyborg? Uh, I wouldn't go that far. Let's get to tight ends, please. (laughs) Jimmy Graham, four receptions, 39 yards, two touchdowns. Cool. second one was just so unnecessary. He's like, go ahead and trade me, guys. Go ahead. Uh, Jack Doyle, how about this line? 14 targets. (laughs) Yeah, how about it? Ridiculous. Against me. Doyle, 12 receptions, 121 yards, and a touchdown for Jack Doyle. A 30 spot. Uh, for those of you in PPR league, I know Just nobody cares about our fantasy teams, but James got sixty-two point four points against me from Juju and Jack Doyle. <laughs> uh, obviously, do you feel attacked. I feel attacked. This is why I'm one and six in that league because <laughs> dumb stuff like this keeps happening. About to be one and seven. All right. Oh, uh, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, five of nine, <laughs> fifty-seven yards and a touchdown. Gronk. Austin Hooper, four of six. 
47 yards and a touchdown as well. And Zach Ertz continues to pour it on with those touchdowns, man. Ertz. 34 yards and a touchdown for Zachariah Ertz. All right, let's talk about your biggest disappointments at the quarterback position. Sad. Uh, we will go to Matt Harmon here. <coughs> Cam Newton Jeez. versus Tampa Bay. <laughs> 18 of 32 passing, which is uh, poor. And then 154 yards passing, which is poor. Mm -hmm. 44 rush yards, a touchdown as well, and had an interception. But uh, the 44 rush yards helped, you know, float his value a bit. But uh, Cam Newton did not look good. And yeah. it's been the second week in a row uh, that Cam has really, I guess maybe even the third week. Is it the third second week? Second week that in he a row. was kind of not great. The, the three weeks ago he had a bad box score but still good fantasy yeah. performance. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. so there you go. Uh, what was your takeaways there, Matt Harmon? Oh, God. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I was tweeting with a few Panthers fans this morning yeah. uh, talking about this because I was mentioning on Twitter that what I was just saying earlier about the, like, if you can't run the ball, just, just throw to your running backs. Like, don't even bother trying. And they were saying, well, is Carolina one of those teams? I said, the problem is I think you need a good quarterback to uh, do that. And right now the Panthers do not have a good quarterback. Cam Newton has been legit dreadful the last three games. Not to mention, like, Everything that's going on around him in the passing game is bad. Like, if they tried to do that situation – I mean, we we saw when he had to throw 50-plus passes against the Eagles on that Thursday night game, they just sent waves and waves and waves of pressure because they have a bad pass protection offensive line in addition to a bad run-blocking offensive line. I mean, yeah. this is just – They're a, banged up, man. It's a, it's a broken offense right now. They, I don't know what the answer is for them. And, like, unless Cam goes, you know – totally you know neon and, and lights it up again like he did in that two-game stretch against the Patriots and uh, the Lions then I think this is just a, a just a real broken offense I mean Devin Funches is still seeing really good volume but not doing anything with it yeah uh, he's kind of back to not being a very good player Kelvin Benjamin is playing all right uh through this dreadful stretch of offense but other than that like <laughs> they don't none of their none of their offensive players are playing well and it starts with the quarterback who's been just honestly just ob not like ob obnoxiously bad. You know, I've uh, I saw a really good piece um, about the Carolina offense on uh, the four letter, but uh, they did a good job breaking down. You know, does this does this offense lack an identity? You know, because in years previous, we're talking about uh, a unit that was, all right, man, we are just going to mash up front mm -hmm. and go power and, and run and run with authority. Now they're trying to mix in Christian McCaffrey, and yeah, they got this great weapon, but. They're not exactly sure how to use them because they're trying to go a little bit more spread. So they've kind of lost that identity of going from like a power run team to being some weird, you know, conglomeration of a power run team mixed in with like, you know, spread concepts as well. And, and it just seems like they're a little bit lost. I, I don't know because I, I think McCaffrey showed well as like a being able to run in a power scheme at Stanford. Right. I just I just think they can't run block. I don't know that it's so much of an identity issue. I just think. I just think they they can't run block, and because they then can't run the ball, their quarterback is just not a good enough player right now to to elevate that offense. I don't know that it's some grand crisis of identity. I think they just are they're just not getting like they're just not executing. They're just not doing the job. I don't think it's anything with like a lack of creativity or anything like that. And and Cam like taking like fifty yard deep shots on you know third and uh, third and less than ten. Give me a break, man. Like, what are you doing? You're not going to move – like, you're not going to move the ball that way. You're not – like, what – just, again, that, that was my, my thought watching Cam Newton yesterday against the Bucks was just, what what the hell are you doing mm -hmm. on a number of times? And, and, again, and I feel like I've said that about Cam Newton all year. So. And, again, it's Tampa Bay, which is a defense that had just been picked on in recent weeks. So, there you go. Drew, not a good defense. Drew Brees, a disappointment as well. The next two guys, it's funny. 
disappointments in fantasy, but good real-life games. I, I thought Drew Brees versus Chicago was very good, 23 of 28. Mm-hmm. You talk about efficiency, 299 passing yards, but no touchdowns, which is why he ends up on this yeah. uh, disappointment that, fantasy. With that offense, offense changing, as we talked about, like it's no longer the Drew Brees at home, like right. set it and forget it, because they're right. running that offense through the ground game. Uh, Dak Prescott, also a bad fantasy day, but again, I, I thought he yeah. actually ran a very, very good, solid real-life game, but uh, only chipped in with 143 also, passing yards. Worth and, noting and that no game touchdown. was in a torrential downpour, That's and true. they were just kind of like, Zeke, you're, you're, you're heating up. Just That's it. Go win, 30, go, win 33 as, go win us the game. Yeah, yeah 33 <coughs> carries. I think it was a career high for him, they said on the broadcast. Uh, Devontae Freeman, 12 carries, 41 yards, 20 receiving yards as well. Uh, a relative disappointment there get, for Devontae Get Sark out of here, man. I know, dude. Uh, I mean, I just – I don't. I know Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman ripped off a long run, and in, now it looks like in the box score he had the better day. But Freeman was running really well. Early. I agree. There, there was a, a report from Vaughn McClure of ESPN that Freeman suffered a minor shoulder injury during the oh, game and was getting checked out okay. on the sideline. So All that right. might be why we saw Tevin Coleman have well, the volume later in the game. But get, get Sark. But Freeman's here. been averaging six point six yards per carry in the, the two previous games, and they're just one hundred forty yards on twenty one attempts. And Coleman's had three point two yards per carry, and Freeman workload just continues to diminish and it's like so mysterious i don't get it. i don't know what's going on i don't get it jay ajayi 13 carries 23 rush yards Ugh. it's gonna happen when you get blown out nothing yeah that's not good Uh, he had 41 total yards zero touchdowns he had oh by the way he's zero touchdowns on the season yeah jay ajayi zero touchdowns on the season wow um let's talk about wide receiver disappointments (laughs) and i put it in literally everyone yeah (laughs) Yeah. I mean, what a Accurate. weird week. Yeah. What a weird week. There were a lot of games that were pummeled in rain, so I think some teams by design took and the wind, air out yeah. of the ball and wind and such like that. But, True. yeah, it was also just a weird week. These happen. Mike Those Evans, th- Julio Jones, Des Bryant, uh, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen in a prime spot against New England. All of them scored in single digits for your fantasy team. Well, Keenan Allen's the – the real interesting one because I th- he hasn't crossed, I think, 70 yards receiving since a uh, big blow-up game against the Eagles, I believe, in week four. I, I wrote about this in Targets and Touches. can't okay. remember it off the top of my head right now. But uh, he also – his targets have gone down each game since that week four blow-up. Interesting. Uh, I feel like we've seen more tra- uh, Travis Benjamin in that offense. Yeah, he was like this the guy. This week, strangely. Yeah, he was like the guy on that – despite his big mistake on the uh, punt return, he was like the guy on that on – that drive to try to win the game there late at the end I mean Rivers kept looking for him and, and to, to Benjamin's credit he, he responded he played pretty well uh, outside of that punt return yeah um, and, and you know we're seeing more Mike Williams on the field that might be a, a potential reason why he's seeing a, little, a slight downtick in targets so I don't know what to do with Keenan Allen right mm. now uh, another disappointment the the Mossy special this week was following his 210 two-touchdown performance, Amari Cooper would have less than 50 yards receiving and no touchdowns. That was the Mossy special. Amari Cooper, five receptions, 48 yards receiving. Yeah. Extra no game. touchdown. The Mossy special was Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson would have the only rushing touchdowns for their oh, teams. Oh, what was that? That was just factor fiction. Oh, just a random factor fiction? Right. Okay, there you go. All right, Stefan Diggs, 4 of 6, 27 yards for Stefan Diggs. So, <laughs> oh, boy. Everyone in Minnesota scored except Stefan Diggs. Right. Kyle Rudolph, Adam Thielen, and uh, <laughs> Jared McKinnon. McKinnon. There you go. Great. Um, at the tight end position, Jordan Reed got hurt. Yep. One catch, five yards. He Shock. had a hamstring injury. Yes, I know. Hunter Henry, again, in a pretty good spot, just two receptions on two targets total. 
had 11 yards. So that was a disappointment for Hunter Henry. All right, let's get to every damn game here. We'll start in London. Minnesota taking on Cleveland. Alex Gilhar, what did you see? Uh, Browns, nah. Didn't get to watch this game closely because we were doing Fantasy Live. Oh, but, that's right. Uh, Latavius Murray still saw a bunch of work, but yeah. the Browns' run defense is still very, very good. They did shut down McKinnon like kind of on the ground as well. He did his made his hay through the passing game, but right. Murray's Murray's not going away. You know, if you picked him up, don't drop him. They'll have better, more favorable game scripts coming up, and then we know what the passing game is. Isaiah Crowell, bro. Isaiah Crowell, what a First great touchdown run. of the year. I know. How how funny was that too? By the way, no Joe Thomas hmm. uh, taking on a Minnesota, you know, Minnesota defense that is. just it's it's a lockdown defense, right? Doesn't make any sense at all. No sense. Uh, and then Isaiah Crowell <laughs> just I'm, like, I, rips off a thirty yard <laughs> run. Yeah, dude, it's awesome. Still uh, Browns, nah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Indianapolis at Cincinnati. Matt Harmon, what did you see? Well, this is the week for Joe Mixon, except it really kind of wasn't. He had <laughs> eleven carries for eighteen whole rushing yards. Oof. Terrible. Uh, Mike Clay, Mike Clay did tweet out uh, that on the season Joe Mixon has seventeen seventeen catches off seventeen targets and. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, Hank Jones, a Jags fan on Twitter, quote tweeted, said, yeah, almost as many rushing yards as he had against the Indianapolis Colts defense <laughs> on <laughs> Sunday. He Ooh. did uh, catch uh, a long 67-yard yeah. screen, pa screen pass that he created a lot on his own and, and ran three for 91 through the air on three targets. But just, it's just not happening here. Like no. it's just, the, the run game is not good. They absolutely should throw him the ball as much as possible. But it's just, it's just not happening here. So just keep it moving. Carolina taking on the Bucks. Matt Franchise, we talked about this game a little bit, but what else did you see? Yeah, we kind of hammered home the Panthers. Of course, the week we all give up on Jonathan Stewart, he falls into the end zone for the first <laughs> time. Don't, don't care. Don't, <laughs> don't chase <laughs> it. The run game there is not good. Uh, yeah. On the Bucks side, Evans, you mentioned, was a disappointment. Yeah. Cameron Brait remains a weekly starter at tight end. It for was sure. not a huge game for him. He still had five targets. Uh, and then Doug Martin had 71 yards on 18 carries in a tough matchup, which was somewhat expected, but the uh, schedule opens up for him him coming up and then Jameis Winston like he just he just frustrates me so much he <laughs> makes stupid throws when he's getting tackled and he like feels like he has to get rid of the ball yeah and it's just so it's so hard to watch I don't it's know serious. and it's he's serious. just so random he's, he's not playing well and this entire offense is suffering because of it so i mean that's just the most random thing by the way because he always does he, at least once a game there's some kind of boneheaded throw he where just throws lops it into it. what are you doing yeah James? just take the sack and punt <laughs> yeah in a, in a year where we're seeing so carson wentz take a big step forward yeah. we're seeing deshaun watson establish himself yeah sure. dak prescott i think maintain his elite play from last year yeah. Jameis winston is not getting even an ounce better and he's got all these weapons and I and they're all suffering because of it mike yeah. evans hasn't had a 100 yard game this year despite the fact that he's never seen less than eight targets in any game this mm -hmm. year but there's just no the ceiling's not there because their quarterback stinks right like, mike evans had a zero spot at halftime right he yeah. had zero yards. Or yeah, something. he Panthers ended up good, with six. Panthers 16. have a good defense, so it's worth noting. True. Amazing. Uh, Oakland taking on the Bills. Alex Gelhar, what'd you see? Uh, Shady McCoy got it done. This Oakland offense, as Harmon mentioned, is overrated. If and I mean, this was predictable as well with them coming off that huge emotional win, then having to go all the way across the country yeah. for an early game against a good defense. Yeah. I mean, Carr put up volume in because I mean they were down by like two scores for pretty much this entire game. They were. Uh, the Bills kept them at bay with their strong running game. Uh, there aren't really any pass catchers still to target from the Bills things. Tyrod can be started at home, but, uh, I mean, we know what the Oakland offense is. We can kind of trust uh, Crabtree and Cooper now at this point, but, like, other than that, I, I mean, don't want to. Can you trust I Cooper? I mean, he's had one good game. 
He got he got volume again this game he in did. like a tough spot, which was what was encouraging. Yeah, that's true. So like he he came back. He obviously came down from his 19 targets, but what did he have like eight or ten targets in this game? Ten, 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 targets. ten. Yeah, yeah, like ten, targets. ten targets. I mean, he predictably again fell flat against a, a very good defense, defense. So yeah. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Some news notes here: uh, safety Jimmy Ward broken arm, left tackle Joe Staley broken orbital bone. Uh, which is your the bone around your eye. Ooh, uh, ouch. <laughs> Pierre Garçon injured neck. I mean, Ugh. that's all on San Francisco's side. <laughs> that's not great. It's their top tackle and their top wide receiver, too. It's just that's oh, bad. That's uh, that's not great. Matt Harmon, what else you see? Yeah, for an offense in, in San Francisco, that's just a nightmare. I mean, C.J. Beathard's not been good. Uh, there's really nothing to talk about with the 49ers, especially if Garcon is out. Uh, on the Eagles side, the one note I would want to say is like, don't uh, this. I know Nelson Aguilar was a disappointment with three catches for 26 yards, but he got those three targets right away in the first quarter. Two, two really early, then one late in the first quarter. Okay, they just never really had to go back to him because this they were just. And that's just in his range of outcomes. I mean, given well, the way he's this not offense get, Yeah, and then he's like I said, he, there are no funnel receivers on this team. He's not getting a ton of volume. So these, right. these, you're right. You're absolutely good to point that out. Like these are in his range of outcomes, especially in a game where uh, the opposing team did not score until the third quarter. <laughs> uh, I think I think Legarrette Blunt continues to get it done as well. Yep. Uh, behind a very solid offensive line. Solid. Yeah, that is. It's a it's a good point. I mean, 16 carries, no, not super efficient, only 48 yards, three yards per carry, but he did grab that touchdown. I mean, this was of all the games to play with yes. Blunt, like against 100%. a bad run defense, against a bad overall team where they should control it at home uh, in, in some sloppy this weather. This is the first full game without Jason Peters, though. It's worth noting. Truth. So that is true. Not, and like, that's a big domino to, be, yes. to lose from their offensive line. And I think, it, I think it made a difference because watching the game, there were definitely some times where Carson Wentz was hurried a little more. This wasn't like a, you know, he didn't he did not go God mode in this game as he has in his right. previous two. Very good point. All right, Dallas taking on Washington in Washington. Met franchise, what did you see in this rainy game? Yeah, we talked about Zeke and Dak. Uh, Dez, I think, had four catches on uh, – Six targets it for was, 39 yards. It was yards, a narrative so. on the broadcast that he was chirping for more work and didn't get a ton of it. Yeah. Um, and Josh Norman wasn't covering him the whole game either. Yeah. So uh, on the Washington side of the ball, Chris Thompson was a PPR beast again. Eight, again. Eight catches, 76 yards. He had four carries for 18 yards. The Washington offensive line has a ton of major injuries. So They were missing three starters in this game, and Crazy. I think somebody else got injured too at one point. Yeah, I think Same. you're correct. So uh, Chris Thompson and Rob Kelly, I think, combined for something like 30 – just over 30 rushing yards on like uh, 12 for 37. I'm looking at the 12. Yeah, Rob Kelly found the end zone early, but he still only had like seven or eight fantasy points. And then uh, Josh Doxson played 79% of the snaps again, only had one catch, which was a touchdown. Uh, and Terrell, Terrell Pryor played 33% of the snaps. So I think this is a thing now because we've seen it two weeks in a row. And yeah. it was a Jameson Crowder game 12, uh, 12 catches. Where did uh, this come from? Nine catches. Sorry, 12 targets. 12 targets. Yeah, 12 targets. Nine catches. Nine catches over 100 yards. 129 yards. He had 149 yards coming into this game. What? I mean, it's just like every what? week is a different guy in this yeah, offense who goes off, and yeah. you can't predict it. And now Jordan him. Reed's out with an injury, so Vernon yeah. Davis maybe Vernon right Davis away. next. I think Niles Paul also got hurt in this game. He did, concussion. Oh, boy. It's just uh, totally unpredictable. The Falcons on the road taking on the Jets. Alex Gelhar, what did you see? Get Sark out of here. <laughs> that's that's all I have to say. <laughs> Mohamed Sanu is a sneaky like weekly flex play though. He's I at, like him. He's had six plus targets in all of his healthy games. The yeah. one he did not uh, was when he suffered his hamstring injury and left the game. Uh, and he's had a couple touchdowns and he's had a re reasonable yardage floor. Julio Jones is like 
70 yards a game-ish. Like, what are we doing here? Austin know. Hooper, it was good to see him get in the mix because previously when Sanu was healthy, Hooper was an afterthought. His big blow-up games had been when uh, that well that freak play in week one with the 88-yard touchdown, yeah. but then otherwise when Sanu was out. And then on the Jets, like, I mean, Forte had a decent uh, game as a pass catcher, but their running backs didn't do a whole hell of a lot, and we already talked about Robbie Anderson. Had a baby. Safarian Jenkins kind of disappointed a little bit, but he's, he's still a weekly starter because yeah. tight end is a wasteland. So Sun- bad. Sunday night football, it is the Pittsburgh Steelers on the road taking on the Detroit Lions. Not sure how many people in L.A. saw this game, but that's okay. <laughs> Matt Harmon, what did you see? Well, I did watch it uh, because I'm a professional. Had a baby. Uh, <laughs> and not to mention the World Series still went on like five more hours after that, so <laughs> I think I still got the gist. I know exactly. uh, but anyways, the Lions' red zone offense is just the most depressing asset I think I've ever seen. Uh, because <laughs> and that, that might be an exaggeration, but look, they don't want to run Amir Abdullah around the goal line. I nope. I, I get it. Uh, and Amir Abdullah, like once again in this game, several times did some things where they announced like, "What a fantastic run!" And then he has eleven carries for twenty-seven yards. I mean, right. Get him out of fantasy forever. Anyways. Uh, Dwayne Washington can't break tackles at, what at the it? goal line. I mean, can I just can I just say what what in the hell is Detroit doing around the goal line? I, I just that's what I'm saying. Watching what that, are you guys doing? I had no faith as they're driving to Stop win. Stop running the ball. Yeah, well, but at the same time, <laughs> Who like, gonna, the, well, like what's their best option to throw to? Like, Mar- I don't know. Marv Jones isn't an elite guy. He can't moss everybody. Golden Tate, like what I, I out of the slot? I, I think I think like, they, like, like Darren yeah, Fells, guys. That, Darren Fells. Well, God, geez, stop throwing Darren Fells the ball. I mean, I mean just Eric, what, what are you guys doing? Eric Ebron is not that guy. He had a nice long 44-yard catch and run, which is like yeah. the only thing he's ever been good you at. Know, yes. He might be that guy. Space. They need Galladay. Galladay. I mean, I guess, man. But I'm, well, but I'm saying there, there's got to be. He's got the athleticism. 100%. But I'm saying conceptually, there's got to be something you can do. you got to keep the ball in Matt Stafford's hands. Like, stop yeah. running the ball. You yeah, can't, can't run. Maybe if you had a good back. You could do it, but but you don't. You don't have that guy. So I, what happened to Theo Riddick, like uh, running like the angle routes and out of the slot? And exactly. Stuff like that? I think teams have start. Yeah, well, you're right. But well, I still, think, he's a mismatch. You put no, him on a linebacker out there. You. But like, yeah. So anyways, I don't want to spend too much time harping on that. But it's just like yeah, it's just uh, that offense just can't really score touchdowns at this point. And on the Steelers side, might be a hot take, but I would. I would consider trying to sell Juju off off the hype from Woo! this game. Prime primetime contest. He gets ten targets. He had the one ninety seven yard catch and run yes. uh, for a touchdown, which was really impressive. But uh, I mean, even you take that off the board, he's still almost. No, no, no. And, and, and I'm not. And I'm not about like. Well, if you take the guy's best <laughs> play away, because yeah, yeah, I mean that that makes everybody like you take you take uh, you take my best looking day away. I look like hell the rest. <laughs> By of the, the way, of course, no, no, everybody knows that. But like coming into this game. Six targets, three targets, three targets in the games previous, and I think that's the way it's gonna go. Right. I don't think that like Martavis Bryant being inactive is is that big of a deal because he just wasn't involved anyways. This is a team that's running the ball, like I mentioned, bottom five in run play percentage coming or er, in the last three weeks. I think that's the identity of the Steelers' offense. I just don't know if they're gonna support two receivers and if his value. I don't know. Selling. I, I always hate trade advice because it's so dumb, but yeah. Like, I would just explore, like, maybe trying to push him out for somebody more established who's going to get volume. I don't have – I'm, like, 95% positive this is the case, but I think this would be the first time a non-Antonio Brown player on the Steelers this year has seen double-digit targets. Hmm. And that's through eight games. I think you're right about that. Because, like, I just pulled up Martavis, and his highest target total was eight. 
Mm-hmm. And like, Did, who else? Bell, Bell might have. Well, I just mean, like, Bell, outside wide of receiver. Bell, outside yeah, outside sure. of Bell, I was yeah. saying like a non, so non AB, non Lev Bell player saw double digit targets. Yeah. Otherwise, like, same with Martavis. Six, okay. four, eight, five, eight, three. If the two. Steelers, okay, but how about if the Steelers ship off Martavis Bryant? Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I almost feel like they should just in terms of a like a, a Mark Ingram type, you know, addition by subtraction. You know what I mean? So you take them out of the mix, and then right. all of a sudden everyone else is playing a lot better because there's less pressure to get that guy the ball. Um, ben Roethlisberger has, is, continues to be just horrific downfield. I mean, just horrific downfield. Um, and I wonder if, you know, taking those targets away, they're stalling drives, you know, whatever it is, a three or four or five uh, handful of targets that they're throwing to Martavis that are doing absolutely nothing. Yeah. I wonder if you just – Turn those into Juju Smith Schuster targets. I I'm real. Cu- I'll be real curious to see if they do ship off Martavis. I I was on the couch yesterday with Ike Taylor, and he made the point too. He's like, I, he's like, I don't think they can because that's that's a precedent that you can just wind your way out. Wind of your exactly. Wind your way. Wind your way out of the organization, and that is not how Pittsburgh has ever operated. They've been one of the most consistent organizations slash front offices, and they don't want to set that precedent. I think it's a li- – but it's a little bit different because it's different getting shipped out versus getting a contract extension. I think what Ike is talking about is trying to get a contract extension. Martavis is like, no, just get me out. It's different. I mean, it's it's it's, it's money being spent versus I, money being saved. It's, I also think they – that they won't. They have Mike Tomlin even said like we've invested too much in this guy. Clearly, we need to invest more time with him. But they, they've spent years, resources, putting him through you know therapy and rehab and stuff like that. It just it, and I'm all about it. That's and, cool. And but and and if they get him dialed in, all right, he's a game changing asset. I mean, we we know that it's been a long time since we've seen it, but he is a game changing asset. I think he is more valuable to because again, you ship him out. What the hell are you getting back? You getting like a fourth round pick from the Bills or something? Yeah. Who, who cares? Less, less, probably. Probably less. <laughs> what What are you going to give up for a player that is you know one sneeze away from a forever life ban suspension? Yeah. Someone who hasn't put good tape on the field in, in a long well over a calendar year a now. So what are you doing? I think he's more valuable to the Steelers in their organization than just which, shipping him. And which, when he comes back from his one game inactive, like, don't be an idiot on an Instagram thing, like, he's still going to get a few targets. It's going to be hard for Juju to access this ceiling. Yeah. All right. There you go. All right, let's close out your show with a round of daily daps. Daps. Daps, 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 daps. Daps. Sick, All right. Sick drop. Daily daps. <laughs> Alex Gellar gets kicked off. All right, good. Uh, I've got a couple oh, things to dap quick first. Uh, Destiny 2 uh, picked it up. Uh, very, very, very fun. Gorgeous game. Great soundtrack. Having Great. a lot of fun playing it. Check it out. Stranger Things Season 2 on five episodes. It's awesome. Great. And now uh, my office has prepared an official <laughs> statement oh, in regards Christ. to the Hocus Pocus. Uh, just <laughs> don't. <laughs> oh, should, we, should we recap the Hocus Pocus? Yeah, let's recap yeah, it. Let's recap it. Whatever. Uh, so uh, last week's podcast. Thursday. Thursday. Thursday's podcast. Uh, Alex <laughs> let loose that on uh, Sunday, Sunday, night. Sunday night. Sunday night he got home uh, from watching a game, from watching football all day. And yeah. He said, "I just, Hocus you know, Pocus. Just I was channel surfing. Hocus Pocus was on. I, I was just, like, oh, great. Cracked beer and just I just relaxed and watched Hocus Pocus. Kicked and, your feet up and had a great night watching Hocus and, and, Pocus and, drinking beer. And franchise and responded I, with, get a life. My, that was a, just a natural reflex response was get a life. 
and we get all it, died laughing. I <laughs> gave him crap for, for <clears throat> cracking a beer and watching Hocus Pocus. Now for my official <laughs> statement. Last That's Thursday during the Daily Daps portion of the podcast, I referenced watching and enjoying <laughs> the 1993 cult classic family film Hocus Pocus, oh my starring God. Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker, and a young Thora Birch. I was immediately assaulted for my takes, including <laughs> the fact you were. that I had and enjoyed a beer watching this objectively no high-quality film. Shut up. Let me finish my statement. <laughs> After wow. several days of mostly abuse from the haters and losers on social media yeah, that's right. and by my own father via text, wow. I feel the need to address this situation instead of focusing on the bigger picture and making fantasy great again. Well, hold on. Well, for, what did your dad text For you? starters, he said, I agree with them. Hocus Pocus sucks. Get a life. Wow. <laughs> for starters, <clears throat> Hocus Pocus is objectively not a, quote, great film. No one is saying that it deserves Oscars. As I referenced, it is a cult classic, one people enjoy despite and oftentimes because of its oh, mediocrity. One of the main characters is a talking cat named Thackeray Binks, for God's sake. Thackeray. Several of you have reveled in watching terrible movies with me in the past, and for you to turn the tables on this is quite honestly disgraceful. Wow. Next, the beer. I'm frankly <laughs> baffled. How dare you, Loose Cannon? How dare you? Agree. Next, the beer. Frankly, I'm baffled that I would be attacked on this beer-loving podcast for drinking a delicious beverage after a 13-plus hour day of work. Moving, the, moving the goalposts. Where franchise exactly. told me, moving the goal let posts. me finish. <laughs> Get a life. Get a life. Get a after life. After a long day of work is one of the best times to drink a beer. And in fact, drinking beer while watching a bad movie is an activity we have done together multiple times. Prove it. Furthermore, beer is a great accompaniment to pretty much any activity that does not involve operating machinery or driving any sort of vehicle. <coughs> Debatable. You, in summation, I feel I was unfairly <laughs> treated in this regard, and the what? collective group think from this room and the listeners latched onto one fact, and that it was hocus pocus and missed the bigger picture. With that, I conclude my statement. There also, no screw picture. the haters and losers. Gelhar out. There's no. There's wow, no he dropped the mic. Okay, he's, he's so out. I think we can <laughs> all Alex agree. Gellar he's is, leaving. He's literally leaving, leaving the podcast studio because he said screw. He's me. out. I think I he think literally is leaving the studio. He doesn't want to hear our rebukes. Unbelievable. I think uh, there's Sad. only one. There's only one response to to make to that little yes. tirade, which is still get a life, bro. <laughs> get how long a, did get you spend? Life. How long did you spend <laughs> writing that? That's what garbage. I was thinking. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> probably at least half an hour. Oh, while Hocus Pocus was on. He probably DVR'd it. Well, you got to have something else to do while you're watching that piece of junk. Right. Oh, my goodness. That was sad. Uh, Matt Franchise, what do you got? I daily dapped this last week, but I'm going to daily daps the World Series again because it's absolutely incredible. One for the books. Last night it was 13 to 12. Are you kidding me? It it felt over five different times. I know. I mean, I cannot imagine being a fan in one of those stadiums. Yeah. And just draining your emotions when your team goes up by three runs. Right. And then the other team ties it. And then your team goes up again by a home run. And then the other team ties it again all in the span of like four hours. It's just insane. I, well, you're, you're shortchanging it. It was five hours. Five hours. Five and a half. It was, it was, it's God. exhausting. I love the fact after game one, which was like the, the quickest World Series it's game like two and ever. Half it was hours. two and a half hours. We're like, oh, my God, this is great. Two yeah. and a half hour baseball game. And then it's like, no, no, no. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We got to make up some time. It's <laughs> awesome. It's we got to awesome. make up some commercial time here. We're going to get you a five and a half hour game. Now. I yeah. got to say, you know, the World Series is good when, like, I am well comfortable saying I do not enjoy baseball. Mm-hmm. I am really enjoying this. The World it's, Series. It's it's so probably good. just because it's 
the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers, yeah. My, but I mean, my Dodgers are be, doing really well. My, my beyond the, beyond the oh fact that we live in LA and it's the Dodgers, it's. <laughs> I mean, last year's World Series was good. I think this one is beating it. Look at Drake Harmon over here, just talking about my Dodgers and. Uh, yeah, get out of here. Yeah, okay, I'm right. embracing the city. What when, when, when the Panthers win, it's my Panthers, oh. and when the Royals, yeah, it is not. He's my a he's a front runner bandwagon <laughs> type guy. Drake Harmon over here. Excuse me, I want to have a little fun while watching wow. sports. Okay, great. I'll daily dap Austin Eckler. Uh, <laughs> we did a Danger Zone piece on Austin Eckler. Somehow it got in front of Austin Eckler. I didn't add tweet him. I don't generally don't add tweet these athletes, but uh, somehow it got in front of Austin Eckler, um, and uh, he replied with uh, the the uh, the beautiful mind uh, Russell Crowe. The oh yeah 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 spinning around. The gif. <laughs> yeah yeah that's awesome. <laughs> Austin Eckler was yo looking at the numbers. He Danger, was looking at the numbers. Yeah. Danger Zone Friday was. Well, I think with the outrageous. best all season, it, it was, was so good. It was outrageous. I don't know what, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell we're doing over there, but, uh, <laughs> but you're doing it. <laughs> but we're doing it. But we're doing it. Speaking of idiots doing idiot things, that is the danger zone in a nutshell. All right, Matt Arm, what do you got? I'm going to keep this simple since we've uh, really, really milked this segment uh, today. Or not to name any names in particular. Alex uh, Galhar. Yeah, for sure. Life. <laughs> life, man. Uh, but I <laughs> get daily daps yesterday. Yeah. The s- secret hidden breakfast buffet. Oh yeah, second floor that was uh, alerted to franchise and I by the producers of the the Twitter Blitz show that we're on every Sunday morning, eleven uh, thirty Eastern time. Oh, NFL.twitter.com. It's because you guys so. are talent. Whoa! So you no, 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 not not accurate. Don't 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 this, get mixed up. No, here. no, 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 no. This was this was a a. Don't try to spin this. This was a breakfast buffet that was hidden in the second floor kitchen here, way upstairs, all the way in the back, like where all the sales offices are and everything up there on is that second a, floor. Is that a normal occurrence? I don't know. I think it was because of the London game right. where we went. There was uh, well, absolutely zero people on the second me, floor at seven a.m. Let me tell you, I will be finding out whether it is a regular occurrence or not. Right. I will be there. We every will check Sunday morning. Uh, but it's insane. I mean, it's like a full scale. Fully stocked breakfast bar, but there's nobody up here on the second floor because those people don't work on Sundays because oh, yeah. they're real people. Right. right. Exactly. Perfect. So, so we uh, after that. helped ourselves. We enjoyed it. Producer uh, Erica, what do you got? Oh, geez. Tough act to follow. Daily daps. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> um, I'm going home to Boston this weekend, so I'm going to oh, dap yeah. that just nice. for the weekend. There yeah. you go. Gonna Perfect. Going to see some fam and friends and, and hang exciting. out. You know. Much needed. Crack a couple brews. Watch Hocus yep. Pocus. Yeah, definitely. Oh definitely. God, no. <laughs> definitely. Watch Hocus Pocus. Yep. The Pats are on a buy. The one weekend oh, I'm home. Oh, so that's kind of inconvenient. Yeah, I can't go to that one. Okay. Well, I didn't, you should have planned that a little yeah. bit. You know what? I really right. should have. Fair enough. Fair really enough. Have. All right, for producer Erica, for Matt Harmon, for Matt Franchise, for the um, ghosted Alex Gelhar. Get a life. I'm James Go. That's your show. We appreciate you listening to NFL Fantasy Live, the podcast. We will. Catch you on Thursday. See ya. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh. 
Green Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrict Supply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.